Hey folks, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two friends talk about their favorite TV shows. We're currently covering Ted Lasso, and this episode is Inverting the Pyramid of Success. Hello. Hey, Jenny. How are you, Daria? I'm good. I'm sad. I can't believe we made it through. We did. The season is over. Metaphorically, literally, Ted has come to an end. don't know what to do with my Friday nights now. I know. It's weird. Super weird. Though, I mean, what, who am I kidding? We, we both have so much TV that we're watching. It's true. Actually, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, well, there's a couple more episodes of C coming still. And then I started Foundation. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, we have Squid Game we're finishing. Hometown Cha 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 that we're finishing. We just started Foundation, and I still don't really know if I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like parts I do of love it. seeing Lee Pace, but I don't know about everything else. That is the part I like. So, how are you feeling? Overall thoughts? Yay to the episode? Nay to the episode? Meh to the episode? Definitely a yay overall. I, it's interesting. And I think, like, I binged season one in, like, two days because I watched it after it already came out. Yeah, same with me. And I loved every moment of it. Like, a full-on 10 out of 10 season. Mm Mm-hmm. I think season two was a little, like, maybe hit its sophomore slump a little bit. Yes. But it's, like, at the same time, I think they did some of their best episode work ever. Agreed. In season two. Yeah, for sure. And I'm actually super satisfied with the way season two ended. And I'm, like, super amped for season three. So. Yeah, definitely. Even though I don't think it was as good as season one, I mean, it's a lot to live up to, so. Yeah, I think season one, like, if we're comparing season one to season two, I think season one, the story was a little bit tighter. The story was a little bit more focused. Like, the direction was just, like, a little bit more there. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, some of my favorite episodes were in this season. Some of my favorite character moments were in this season. A lot of my favorite character moments were in this season. And, you know, I... I, There's nothing I would have wanted out of that finale that we didn't get. I feel similarly. I do. I do. And I think you're right. When you talk about, like, character moments, we got stuff out of Jamie that I've been dying to get since the episode, like, premiere of season one so just for that alone I'm I'm quite happy oh yeah I would say my highlight is Jamie's arc this season that is the highlight of the season for me I mean yes there was a ton of good moments there's a ton of character growth but for me the thing that I loved the most was seeing Jamie grow and become just like such a I don't know a person who like a person a person to become a person yeah and that's exactly it it's like, like he just became, became a, a, person. a good person yeah yeah no I think that was definitely probably one of my fears my friends are really sick of hearing about how much I love Jamie Tart <laughs> but I am unapologetic in it okay well they're gonna get like a few month break and then when we resume next summer we'll you know they'll have to get over it I feel I love how you think that I'm gonna stop talking about him for two months <laughs> <laughs> gosh oh 
is. So I think I think in this episode, because it's the finale, we're gonna kind of go free for all on it. Yes. There's not gonna be too much structure. So if the lack of structure bothers you, you gotta get over it for the next forty five minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's the last one, people. <laughs> Give us this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're just going to kind of talk about the things that we love, the things that we saw come to fruition that we thought might happen, and maybe we can talk about that big one first, because you called it, Daria, like several weeks ago. Dude, this is just because TED is a show that, like, doesn't try and throw you twists and turns just to fuck with you. It's, like, not that kind of show. Mm -hmm. So, like, they drop these really beautiful moments Throughout every episode to sort of, you know, I mean, it shouldn't have been a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like, that's good storytelling when you know what's going to happen because all of the hints have been dropped. Yes. You know, for 12 episodes. But, like, also I'm pretty proud of myself for figuring it out (laughs) to, like, the detail. So, Right, exactly. Yeah, and, like, just seeing, I guess we're just going to start at the beginning and work our way back maybe. But just, like, seeing Nate in that last frame and... You know, with Rupert and, oh, just like, oh, and like, I don't know. I, I read on Twitter that Nick Muhammad said that he was wearing a wig in that scene. Wild. I love like, that. I don't know. He looks <laughs> so different. And I don't know. It's creepy, but I loved it. Yeah, I kind of love that part of his progression this season was to just keep going gray. And I know that it's because I think in Nick Muhammad's head, he was sort of embodying a pretty famous football coach in the UK so it was like his kind of like little character thing Uh, okay but oh man yeah he looked he looked great he looked more mature he looked super confident like the worst part about it is obviously he's a dick and he like moved off to West Ham but he felt he like looked really powerful and like as much as I hate that little twerp I'm also kind of proud of him for like figuring out that he wants to be an evil prick, I guess. You know, he's owning it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we can go with that for now. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, like, not shocking, not surprising, but, like, still, like, <sighs> give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I know. And I, I think one of the things that we should talk about is that that monologue between him and Ted <sighs> at the end of the episode. Yeah. And, like, again, props to Nick Muhammad. He's an incredible actor. He did such a beautiful job. But, you know, like, you and I were, we were watching, and so much of what he was projecting onto Ted felt crazy. Just, you know, I mean, you can't be the center of someone else's universe, dude. That's just not how life works. But that tweet that Nick Muhammad um, put out yeah. with the, like, list of all the bullets was was great it definitely clued me in into how his character was feeling yeah I mean I'm not sure that I agree with everything even though you know he's the actor who played that character but I definitely agreed with some of it but yeah I think that there you know it was very much like you know he was mad that I mean I guess sort of like hiring Roy was the inciting incident I guess even though that wasn't really specified I'm assuming that's what it was yeah I think you're right you know because they didn't need anyone else, right? They had they had Ted, they had Beard, and then they had Nate. And then Nate was the coach, the, you know, he was promoted to coach. And then, you know, they weren't doing well and they brought Roy in kind of to save the day. Well, and what's, you know, you're super, super right. Because that is the same episode where Isaac is having a hard time 
and Ted says that you gotta like, you know, bring in the big dogs and Nate offers and Ted laughs at him. Yes, he does. Yep. And then five minutes later, Roy is the, is the next coach. So I think you're right that that's probably the moment where he started to be like, this motherfucker. Like, Right. <laughs> and I think the problem is that because Nate was so up his own butthole about himself <laughs> and how yeah. Ted, you know, is ignoring him or not making him the center of his attention or whatever, he completely misses the fact that Ted has been struggling a lot and he's missed a lot of things. There's a lot of things that have flown completely past him that perhaps season one Ted would have picked up on Sam and Rebecca and the the whole thing with like whatever's going on with Colin this whole thing with Beard and Jane it's like he there I could there's there's more examples but like those are like you know he's choosing to look the other way he's choosing to take the path of least resistance because for Ted that's just like cope that's how he's coping right now and like there's no nothing wrong with that that's that's how he's coping it's is it is it the super most super healthy productive way probably not but that's just how he's doing it but the problem is he's not conscious of the things that he's kind of ignoring in the same way that Nick or sorry that Nate is not conscious of the way Ted is not doing it on purpose (laughs) Well, right, and, like, not for nothing, but these relationships have to be dual-sided, right? Nate never once goes, hey, Ted, how are you doing? Right, right. Doesn't reach out to him after his panic attack and say, well, wow, you know, I mean, are you okay? Yeah. He just assumes that Ted is always going to be, like, the person to have all of the control in the relationship. He, like, definitely looks at Ted like a father figure and, like, you know, at a certain point... The people that support you need support back. Right. And, like, Nate is a very selfish character in the sense that I don't think he understands that your friends also need you to be there for them, too. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things that I thought was so heartbreaking is, like, when he's complaining to Ted about that picture of him and Ted not being in Ugh. Ted's office, not knowing know. that in the previous episode or the episode before that when Ted is getting ready for the funeral, you see mm-hmm. that picture of Nate in Ted's house next to the picture of Henry. I know. There could not be oh. a more spot of honor in Ted's life than where that picture actually is. Yeah. It's like, you God, you know, you know, you always know a little bit more as the audience, but I just, oh, I, I just wish that Nate knew that or that Ted could have said something. But listen, I think, I think, think what we got out of Nate is exactly what we were supposed to get out of him I mean yeah certain people like the bully becomes the bully I think is maybe a too simplistic way to view it but I do think that Nate is thriving on this power that he has and like any threat to that is like yeah in fact I actually want to go back to something I think I said in maybe episode two or four Mm -hmm. is that the first time that Nate actually started to get on this power trip was in season one, episode eight, when he roasted the team. Yeah. And Ted gave him permission. And I think that is, you know, really where it started. And I think we saw some, you know, just going back to season one, there were little moments of Nate 
that we just brushed aside as kind of like a little a little weird, a little a little odd, but like, you know, not really realizing just like quite how specific they were giving us little hints of what he truly was like. Like the fact where this the first episode opens with Nate yelling at Ted to get off the grass. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's about to like absolutely rip Rebecca a new one when she tells him that he's about to get promoted. Like there are these moments that I personally definitely did not like really pay much like I didn't give much value to which I mean we we should know by now that there is nothing unintentional in a Ted Lasso episode no I think too especially in this season when Keely and Rebecca were trying to teach Nate how to be a little bit more confident when it came to the restaurant episode god the way he immediately went from zero to 60 Mm -hmm. you know there's something there Mm -hmm. if your first you know your first instinct is to call a woman a shrew or (laughs) you know say all of these like there's something bubbling beneath the surface there and so that sort of like cruelty from him it's hard to watch but it's not surprising no I mean when he threatens Will Mm -hmm. the shit he says to Colin he always goes below the belt like Mm -hmm. he finds the thing that you were insecure about the most and he goes right for it right and it's like you know Mm-hmm. good riddance i know for now for we'll now see. i mean i don't think there's anyone on the show that you can't redeem except for maybe rupert but i don't know i kind of want him to stay evil i know at least for a little while yeah, yeah. though you know uh he's gonna be in for a real rude awakening if west ham starts to lose because rupert's gonna treat him like shit real fast exactly exactly and like rupert is a way worse boss than ted or rebecca are <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, way worse. Yeah. No, it'll be definitely interesting to see what, what sort of comes out of season three, and I'm, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm definitely ready for some showdowns. Yeah. That is a show-off. Yeah. Can we talk about the hilarious yet awkward breakup between Sam and Rebecca? I, I love that Ted was present. Oh, I love that Ted was, like, the mediator. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I mean, listen yay just thank god it is done and over with now because that is the one thing about this season that i truly detested yeah so i (laughs) you're gonna hate me when i say this so you know a lot of people are like oh and myself and you included you know rebecca and sam you know this whole hr thing power dynamic she's his boss she's also ted's boss i'm just gonna put it (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first of all, bitch, like, (laughs) let's not talk about it. I'm just saying, for me to be perfectly happy with an outcome where Ted and Rebecca are endgame, (laughs) he is no longer coaching AFC Richmond. I'm just saying. God damn it. I know. You're right. You're right. Logic has no basis here, okay? I know, I know. All the Ted and Rebecca shippers hate me right now, but. <laughs> I, yeah, we do. We it do. had to we be said. <laughs> That's not, I'm not saying I still don't want it to happen. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, people in glass houses no, no. can throw no stones. That's fair. It's fair. No, no, it's fair. We all have to accept the flaws of our ships. I know. I think that's okay. I can I can be a big girl. It's fine. Or you know what? Maybe they'll find some way to do it well. You know? Admitting that the power dynamic is shady as fuck is, is a great step. 
It would be a great setup. That's a that's all I'm asking for is some acknowledgement. Yeah, acknowledge your problematic faves. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, it was great though. I absolutely loved that Sam was like talking to Ted, clearly talking to Rebecca, and then when everyone, the audience, Rebecca, Ted, we all know who he was talking to. Ted has to do the awkward thing and, like, just be like, I think he was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let me double down on this awkwardness. I, I will say, though, I'm very happy that Sam is staying. Yes, me too. And I'm so glad that it gave us that incredible temper tantrum. <gasps> what a beautiful... I could... I could replay that scene over and over. It was so funny. Like, there are few moments that make, in TV, that make me laugh. So, like, I'm crying. Like, tears crying, <laughs> like, down my face. And some of those moments were definitely when Sam Richardson played Richard T. Splett on Veep. And to have it, ha- <laughs> like, this was just a level unto itself it was beautiful it was so well done and then to have sam just like standing there like are you done yeah are you done yeah are you still going you're still going yeah it was beautiful i know and that fake out handshake from francis was (laughs) so great just so great it was so good yeah oh i loved that Oh, yeah. That was so amazing. Oh, I miss having Sam Richardson on TV. Well, he's coming back, though. January 2022. His new show, I think it's called After Party. Yeah, it's about, I just saw the trailer. It's about, like, a high school school reunion. Reunion, I think, yeah. Yeah, there's actually quite a few people in there. It looks really good. Yeah, it does look really funny. Let's see. Do we want to talk about Ted first, or do we want to talk about Roy and... Jamie first or do we want to talk about Roy and Keith Lee? Oh, there's a goodness. lot there's a lot left a lot of things happened let's talk about Ted I'm really proud of him my son Ted Lasso <laughs> I know I know oh gosh Ted 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 I think you know and I'm, I might be a little bit all over the place but to go back to the Ted and Nate argument what I just love about Ted and like you know you can say what you will about his character the fact that when he asks nate what's wrong the way he positions it is what do i have to learn here i know it's heartbreaking it is because it's like he still comes at these places of conflict with this idea of like oh i'm not perfect yeah i i can figure it out like wh- what's going on and i truly believe that what nate told him is in some ways accurate is in some ways truthful and it perhaps will enlighten him to the ways in which he kind of has not been as present in the team this year as he maybe should have. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of what Nate said was total shit. But, um, <laughs> but no, I think that, yeah, he there, there was something that he needed to learn. And I don't know. I mean, he needed to learn it, but not in the way that Nate envisions he needs to learn it. The delivery was hot garbage. Yeah, and, it, you know, and, and again, him being present in is not because Nate needs to be 
you know, complimented or acknowledged constantly, you know. But it's just a sort of, like, present to everyone. Um, But also, you know, I think, I mean, and I'm not a Nate apologist by any means. I hold that position firmly for Jamie. (laughs) That, you know, (laughs) Nate's, what, how Nate reacted and how he feels and, you know, I mean, it's not a new... It's not a new reaction and some of it is valid and that's I think the really kind of the nuance of the show is that some of those things are very valid it sucks to not be acknowledged by your employer for the work that you do or the work that you think you do whether you do it or not you know and it sucks to feel like you know you're not putting the effort you're putting in is not being acknowledged is not being recognized you know that you're the scapegoat for whatever I mean again still not true but I think it does speak to the fact that those those things are real and they do they do happen to people and depending on the person it happens to you can get very different outcomes and unfortunately Nate being the person that he is is that's the outcome we got yeah yes you are correct yeah I um I'm glad though that and it's so interesting, too, because there's been so many conversations about mental health in, in sports going on yes. that it's so funny that the show sort of picked that up. Because obviously this was written and done, you know, months ago. Right. So yeah. for, for Ted's arc to sort of culminate with this idea of like talking about mental health and being more open and honest about how you're feeling, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very proud of my beautiful football coach son. Yeah, exactly. And just one last thing about Ted is, you know, when he brought the team together in the beginning to, like, explain to them, you know, what had happened and what he was doing and the fact that he came at it being like, I didn't tell you, you know, and I should have and I would never want you guys to not feel like you couldn't come to me with something, you know. Mm -hmm. I think there's that great um, quote that he says, Uh, when he's talking to the players and, you know, he says, you know, because every choice is a chance, fellas. Um, And he didn't, and I didn't give myself the chance to build trust with y'all. And I thought that was such a great, it's such an open and like vulnerable moment for Ted with the players and with his fellow coaches and with Nate, who he knew had all, he already knew at that point that Nate had ratted him out or, you know, like gone to Trent Krim. So yeah, I just, I really, I liked that quote a lot. It was probably my, like, favorite Be a Goldfish quote of season two. <laughs> yeah, and I, clearly not done talking about Ted, you know, I think he also had some interesting moments with his ex-wife. Mm, yes. Via text. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, nice, a nice reminder that Michelle clearly never really understood Ted at all. Because she, like, very quickly brushes him off via text. Mm, yeah. And then you have Trent Krim. Ugh, Trent. Who basically quit his job to, like, support Ted. And I, listen, say what you will, but there was some delightful rom-com tropiness happening in that conversation between Trent and Ted. Yeah, there was. It was quite good. It was quite good. <laughs> it was very, very good. I mean, you know, Ted is clearly... The kind of guy where you get to know him and you kind of want to protect him a little bit. Yeah. Except for Nate. But I do think that the majority of the cast, or sorry, the crew of characters in the show Mm -hmm. are, you know, 
they are Ted's champion. Oh, absolutely. I I definitely think so. You know, and I I appreciated I appreciated that they that they went the route that like Trent knew what he was doing. He did it on purpose. He wanted to be he wants to do something else. He wants to, you know, and if he was going to go out, I mean, he was going to go out with a bang, I suppose. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I saw on Twitter is that the article that he read, wrote, you can actually see little clips of it if you, like, zoom in. And it's actually really not about Ted at all. It's about mental health in athletes. And I thought that was so great because I think a lot of the times we see, like, all of those ridiculous headlines that are so, yeah, I don't know, prevalent in British media. I mean, and... And other news media around the world, but I feel like British media is like... Yeah, there's a lot of clickbaity things yes, out there. Yes, I feel like there is. And so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to, to see that little clip that he actually... Like, it was a serious article. It wasn't just, you know, Ted Lasso had a panic attack. <laughs> that kind of thing. Right, it wasn't salacious. It was it was genuine. Exactly. So, I have high hopes for uh, Coach Lasso for Season 3, especially now that they're not relegated anymore. Yes, woohoo! Back big, to the big um, leagues. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. All right, do you want to talk about Roy and Healy? Because I think we're going to save Jamie for last. Sure. <laughs> Let's definitely save Jamie for last. Yeah, oh, Roy and Healy. I was nervous the last episode. I definitely was nervous. I, I wanted to believe that the writers would not do me dirty, and they didn't. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I liked the ending for Keely a lot. I I really, really, like we've said in previous episodes, I have not been feeling the love for Keely that I believe Juno Temple deserves. Agreed. And, you know, so I was kind of like, it was fine, but I just, I really wanted more for Keely. And we really got a big buttload of it <laughs> in this finale. <laughs> yeah. We got all the best parts of Keely, I think, in this episode. Yeah, I, oh, I, yeah, I think it was, it was great. I, I, I'm really happy that she is going to be doing something that's not really related to football and gets her sort of away from the club in that aspect, but she still has some really strong ties to it, you know, and so, yeah, that was great. I don't know what Roy was thinking. I think Roy got a little caught up in the romance of it all and forgot that, like, this is real life. And you can't just book a trip for someone that lasts six weeks without talking to them about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I do I do think, like, when you look back at the episode where Keely sort of has that break where she's like, dude, we are spending too much time together. I need alone time. Yes. And he does this beautiful, showy, eight hundred candles. Yeah, yeah, like it's a big move, mm-hmm. and it works. Mm-hmm. But those those things don't always shouldn't always be your go to. Yes, yeah, it's like it's nice to have the grand gesture once in a while, but it's actually right. like the small things every day that really make up the most, like actually have more weight in the long run yeah but I think I think Roy was sort of in his feels this episode I think he was probably (laughs) his feel his one single feel (laughs) sorry I stand corrected you're right 
I think the Jamie admission affected him a little bit more than he was willing to admit. Yes. And I think everything going on with Kiwi was starting to make him wonder if, like, maybe he's... I don't know, dragging her down a little bit. I mean, it feels illogical to us, but, like, for him, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. to not be included in the photo shoot and the Jamie admission and her deciding to start her own company. I mean, there's a lot happening at once. Yeah. And I feel like he got nervous and he thought, I know. Right. I will book a trip and everything will be better. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Such a dude response. Like, such a dude response. I know. (laughs) I mean, not that I wouldn't mind a six-week vacation. With Roy Kent. (laughs) Or myself. That's fine. Just me. Yeah, actually, to be fair, I know. But I just, I feel like maybe Roy doesn't, is having a harder time being the best supporting actor instead of the main event in some ways. Not that I think he enjoyed it, because I don't actually think that he does enjoy that kind of thing. But I think he just is unsure how to be part of this new world that Keely is building for herself that doesn't involve panda shoots and, you know, jumping topless out of an airplane. Like... There's more to her than that now. Yeah. And he has to figure out sort of where he fits in with that. Yeah. And let's hope that he does. Because I I actually have really enjoyed seeing a couple just figure it out. Me too. For all sure. of the good, all of the bad, yeah. all of the like little shitty arguments without having to feel like they're going to break up. I think it's yeah. a really fun, amazing portrayal of what a relationship is. Yeah, me too. I've really enjoyed it. Though I will say I have a lot of feelings about what it's going to look like next season with her not there all of the time and Roy coaching and I it'll be interesting to see where it it takes them yeah like are they gonna you know I, I don't know yeah their dynamic might be a little bit different now that they're not like right on top of each other all the time it might be you know they're less you know maybe not taking advantage of the fact that they're always around you know what I mean? Is that I'm saying that wrong? Maybe, but like they're when they do get to spend time together, it's it's more meaningful maybe because they're not seeing yeah. each other so often. I kind of wonder if we're gonna get the flip next season, and one of their issues is gonna be like they don't ever see each other. Yeah, and she's gonna be really busy, and he's gonna be really busy, and I wonder yes. if that's gonna be a new dynamic for them. Yeah, that's definitely. I could see that for sure. I could see that for sure. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Jamie talk do 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 Jamie talk do 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 Okay, I'm done. <laughs> talk about a fucking glow up oh. in terms of character. Personality just all of it. All of it. And like I think when you when you look at Nate and Jamie, yes. right? They're very parallel characters. Yes. They both have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. They both have these sort of like weird issues with confidence someone doesn't have enough someone has too much yeah and like they've kind of flipped I mean though I don't think Jamie ever had a cruelty streak like Nate does but no it is an interesting it's interesting to see where they both ended up at the end yeah I agree no I don't think I don't think Jamie was ever intentionally cruel I just think he was kind of like it's funny you know like he's not he would never intentionally like even when like Roy tells him to stop picking on Nate in season one like 
he kind of feels bad, maybe, or yeah. he has, but he's just like, nah, it's too funny, you know, and, like, Nate doesn't care, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. I don't, but I don't think he's never intentionally, like, you need to pick on Nate because I hate him and want him to suffer. <laughs> like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's not, it's more, like, omission than, like, than actual, like, direct, like, I want this person to suffer, kind of. I guess that that makes sense. Oh, I mean, yeah. He was a terrible, shitty asshole in season one. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not we do not that. want to excuse his behavior because he was a real little yeah. like, dick munch. Yeah, but. exactly. But yeah, it's it's very interesting to see the growth that Jamie has had, and just like the fact that he apologized to Roy about saying that to Keely about how he respects Roy. How about he? How he respects Keely. About how he respects their relationship. And it's just like, and the fact that he admitted to Roy that he like doesn't do well around dead people, like it was such a big moment for him to just I mean, think about episode two or three when Jamie wanted Roy to coach him. And yeah. he could barely even say that he had ugly hair. <laughs> he could barely say he had ugly I hair. Know. I know. And, like, just, he's just such a different person, I think. And for the better. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm seriously so impressed. I, I know we've been sort of, like, kind of nervous about it the entire season, thinking, like, when is this shoe going to drop? Yes. But I'm so glad that we were wrong, because... It is the one thing we were the most wrong about all season, <laughs> and I have never in my life, I swear to God, have never liked being wrong so much. It's incredible. And it's it's just, like, a nice it's a relieving thing yeah. to see that like the character that's going on the journey to become better actually becomes better yeah like, it's and it's so not just beautiful. a fake out right for ratings or for viewers yeah. or yeah no I agree it's been uh it's definitely it's been well worth it and <laughs> it has paid off I believe yeah and I I love that so much of Jamie's arc has been tied to Roy like I I do love their chemistry so much. Obviously, I'd yeah. love for them to make out, but like that's neither here nor there. They will. I when just... they go on vacation in Marbella. <laughs> when Jamie's like, "Fuck Keely, let's go." <laughs> I just because it, it it gives us that beautiful moment at the end where they win and Roy headbutts him in the face. Yeah. So that they can celebrate. I, I mean, know. it's it's so good. Seeing those two grown-ass men flow around like that, I, I love it. I know. It really is great. I, I love the whole Roy and Jamie dynamic this year. It's been so good. And, sorry, it just made me rem- think of something else that we didn't touch on, is the difference, and because you're talking about Nate versus Jamie and, like, the two yeah. parallels. The fact that when Jamie told Keely that he still loved her, Roy felt threatened. Yep. But when Nate actually kissed Keely, Roy was like, it's okay, you made a mistake. I know. And the thing is, in one sense, Roy has no... Roy should never have been nervous or felt threatened by Jamie. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And in the other sense, Nate should also have understood that it wasn't because they... I don't know. Didn't take him seriously. Didn't take him seriously or because they, in some sort of like emasculating sort of way, it's that they care about him and they understand it was embarrassing and they don't want to make it worse for him. Yeah. It's actually amazing that like everyone is sort of treating it 
as if it is just an innocent mistake like we are your friends we know that you're a good person Mm -hmm. quote unquote Mm -hmm. we know that you wouldn't do this maliciously so like it's fine yeah meanwhile nate's thinking like i'm not a threat am i not what am i not a big important man like what keely couldn't be with someone like me i mean right it's just such a it, it makes it very obvious the way that he internalizes things and twists them up and then it spits out really ugly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has this like little evil blender in him mm-hmm. that like ruins everything. Yeah, whereas like Roy clearly was pissed at Jamie, clearly felt threatened in some way or another because of Jamie's past relationship with Keely, and for Jamie to just come in and totally disarm Roy in a way Jamie has never and probably could never do before was just like brilliant to watch it was it was a genius move I mean that's how you handle that sort of Mm -hmm. intensity you have to diffuse it some way Mm -hmm. and I think owing up to your shit is the best way that you can do it yeah and I just love that Roy was so mad when Jamie apologized and he's just like fuck (laughs) fuck I want a compilation of every time Roy screams fuck because it's just been a beautiful thing. Honestly, it'll be like those ones for The Witcher. Have yeah. Have seen those ones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, listen, I'm kind I'm 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 sad. I know. But I'm but I'm happy and I am ready for season 3 and I feel like after these last 22 episodes of television, I think we're they are going to be super excited, I think, to see where, where season three leads us. Absolutely. And, like, I feel like this is, and I don't know that you know this, because I might be surprising you, but we have, it's been a journey for us on this new podcast, starting this podcast and not knowing, you know, where it would lead to. How to and do it. How it would work <laughs> and if we would be able to do more than, like, three episodes before we just, like, gave up. Mm-hmm. But we did it. And yesterday we hit 1,000 listens. Get out! Yes, we did. Jennifer, that's so exciting. I know. I've been holding it in all day not to tell you because I wanted to tell you. You little demon. (laughs) Yes, we hit 1,000 listens today, which may not sound like very much to some people, but to us it is huge. It's It's a huge deal. One person has listened to us 1,000 times, guys. (laughs) Probably just my mom. collective mom yeah. just listening to us on repeat over and over again <laughs> right thanks mama yeah exactly yeah so i just thought how awesome is it that our last episode of ted lasso and we hit that huge milestone for ourselves and we've learned a lot about <laughs> podcasting learned a lot about sound editing and you know yeah a lot about how to get rid of all of the ums and my constant and... coughing <laughs> And then we've learned a lot about social media. That we hate it. Basically. (laughs) More than we did before. (laughs) We still haven't learned anything about soccer, but the show is over now, so that's okay. Next year. We'll try again next year. Maybe we'll have my brother come in next season, and he'll give us the rundown how the game works. Perfect. That sounds amazing. (laughs) See you then, Nico. (laughs) So... You are perhaps wondering where we are going next. Yes. So there is a new guest. Well, guests. 
checking in to Hotel Vicarious next week. One is a dreamy British gentleman. The other has a very large tongue. (laughs) That is correct. We are welcoming a symbiote into Hotel Vicarious. And Tom Hardy doing a respectable American accent. Though... What I do love about him is that I can never understand a word he's saying, so... That's what subtitles are for. Yeah, big time. Foreign language and mumbling <laughs> Englishman. Yeah, it's exactly what I have him on for at all times. So we will be doing Venom uh, to Let There Be Carnage. It will be airing uh, next week, mm-hmm. so we hope you all come on and check us out. It might be a little bit of a longer episode than you're used to, because we'll be doing one episode for the entire movie, but we are yes. excited for it. It will be something oh, we are a little bit different, excited. and yes. yeah, we, we can't wait. We have a few other things coming down uh, the line as well, and we'll be revealing those on Friday, so you can catch our yes. lineup for the next couple of weeks later tomorrow. Yes, and again, if there are things that you are curious about and you want us to talk about, let us know. We are definitely still plotting out, like, future episodes, but we do have a the next few months sort of planned out. Yeah. We're very excited. We are. So, Daria, is there anything that you just, like, can't stop thinking about right now? Anything, like, stuck in your mind that won't leave anything you? Anything that's disturbing and uncomfortable and you're wondering, is it necessary? Do we need this in the world after all we've been through in the last two years? <laughs> yes. Jenny, Yes. Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka in the (sighs) confusingly anticipated prequel. They released some promo photos, no, some behind the scenes photos the other day. And I got to tell you, between him looking like Gonzo from a Muppet's Christmas Carol and the idea that we need a prequel on a eccentric, I don't know, slave owner. I'm really left wondering what Hollywood is doing and why we need this. As talented as I think that little man is, mm. I just, I don't, we don't know. I I can't. I don't need it. I don't need it. Do you need it? Oh, I definitely don't need it, but I think everyone knows how I feel about Timothy Shell. <laughs> I, I think he's, I think he can be good in in the right role i don't think anyone would be able to do this movie because again i don't think the movie should be made for sure no what is it why yeah like no one can capture the uh, absurdness of gene wilder anyway so like um but also they don't need to (laughs) even like that movie had its own problems and like i just feel (laughs) like it's not something that needs to be revisited in the 21st century. No. Um, I don't feel like it's something that needs to be revisited in a post-COVID world. <laughs> I just no. feel like... We have been punished enough. <laughs> yeah. There are things I don't need to see, and it <laughs> is that entire movie. <laughs> I would rather watch, like, a documentary on the life of Ted Cruz. Jenny. I know. That's how much I... That's dark. I know. I know. You know what? I'm really into the Zodiac Killer. What can I say? Okay, but it's a guy named Gary. All right? (laughs) (laughs) We already got one disappointment this year in figuring out the true identity of the Zodiac Killer, and it's just some guy named Gary. Perhaps. With, like, a letterboxed account. Maybe. (laughs) There 
there has been apparently multiple things that say it isn't they don't know that it's actually that's actually who it is i don't know don't guys i don't actually like the zodiac killer i definitely don't like ted cruz i just don't like timothy <laughs> chalamet okay <laughs> oh. yeah so what about you anything that you can't really get off your mind right now oh, it's embarrassing it's pathetic but i'm inching closer to the screen so you can just you know whisper i first of all <laughs> I need to preface this by saying, as you know, and I've mentioned this in the past, I don't have a lot of time in the day to watch TV. I mm-hmm. have to curate my TV watching time very carefully. This is true. However, there was like a lull or something. I don't know, but I couldn't find anything. And then I accidentally started watching The Masked Singer, season six. I've never seen it before. I detest every single one of the people who are judges. In everything else I've ever seen them in. I hate Nick Cannon. But I have watched every episode. Because I must know who that goddamn skunk is. Who is it? I'm just saying. It's a low point for me. But I cannot stop I I really thought I knew you. <laughs> no. I just assumed that if you were going to, you know, foray into reality TV, it would be something classy. Like Vanderpump Rules. I know. Or like one of the housewives. No. No. I have gone dark. I have gone deep into the belly of something vile. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but listen, we all have our our questionable things. As long as you don't start voting or, you know, participating in the discourse online, I think you're safe. Okay. Well, I think we're okay there. <laughs> I haven't found anything yet. You say that now. <laughs> Don't look at my history. <laughs> oh, you're going to be like texting me at two in the morning being like, it's David Hasselhoff. That's the skunk. No, but I'm pretty sure that the bull is Anthony Ramos from Hamilton. Just saying. Would someone that talented be on that show? I'm telling or, you. Or like true artists on that show? Tony Braxton was on that show. Oh, my apologies, Miss Braxton. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you. It gets you. You think, who is this half, no talent person who sings okay and they're on this stupid show? And then you're like, oh my god, how dare I think such things? But in my defense, last week's reveal was Larry the Cable Guy, so like I'm not that off. Larry the Cable Guy is still alive? He sounds like Roy Orbison when he's like, get out of town. It's very uncomfortable. I love Roy. I love Roy Orbison. Oh, that just... Made me feel weird though to learn that <laughs> it was it was a weird. Do you see why I have to keep watching? It's addicting. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need you to actually stop talking about it because you might get me to start watching. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. I've got too many shitty reality shows. I juggle. <laughs> I, I got the four part Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion coming up, Jenny. It's four part. Well, that is that is the most parts that they've ever had for a reunion special. Okay, well, you have a big list of things you have to watch for this podcast first. Okay, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got a lot. <laughs> oh boy! Wow, I can't believe that Ted Lasso is over. It feels like it was so long ago, and yet it feels like no time has passed at all. Much like the last yeah. two years. Oh, that was a dark way to go. It's a dark. I'm just saying. I wasn't trying to be dark. I'm just saying. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> I'm 
that note, Jenny, where can everyone find us? You can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com. Or you can email us with hate mail because we have been making fun of the math singer at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. No, we're going to get the Timothy Chalamet fans coming at us, to be honest. Oh, God. Well, you can bitch at us on <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hotel Vicarious. All right, guys. Thank you for checking into Hotel Vicarious. Check in with us next week as we talk about Venom 2, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs>